Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel, and we are happy to welcome our next guest to discuss today's topic, which is the seven core areas of SEO. This week's guest is the CEO and founder of Peaks Digital Marketing. Since founding Peaks Digital Marketing, he has generated tens of millions of dollars in revenue while serving his passion for growing small businesses and corporations through data-driven ROI-centered strategies. A big welcome to David Finberg. Hi, David. Hi, Andy. Hey, thanks so much for uh, for having me on today. You know, we're excited to have you. Now, let's not even waste any time with small talk and get right to what the listeners want. What are the seven core areas of SEO that you think all companies should know about? Definitely. Yeah. So there's seven core areas, right, that we look at uh, when we're, we're looking at any kind of campaign. And the first um, most important one is going to be strategy, right? Like having a roadmap, knowing exactly where you're headed uh, really helps the journey, um, you know, accelerate and become a lot easier to, to kind of manage through. Uh, and then you've got web design, your reputation, um, some user experience elements and split testing, page speed, backlinks and content. So a lot of great, um, you know, different areas to dive into today. Uh, but those are the, the core seven that, you know, I think are the most important when you're really sizing up your campaign and, and estimating and, and kind of mapping out where you want to be. And, and, you know, following these seven steps, you can actually get there um, in an expedited time frame. So, uh, so it's really interesting to get to, to share some of these and, and dive a little bit deeper in. And those seven, again, uh, make sure I got them all. So strategy, page speed, backlinks, mm-hmm. site reputation. Is that what you said? Uh, so so um, strategy, page speed, backlinks, uh, content, user experience, reputation, and then your web design as well. And web um, design. So they, they do bleed together, which is which is actually amazing that you said that because it's it is all going to kind of come together in concert. Um, but yeah, it's it's those seven buckets that are really the most important areas, and um, we'll share some tips and maybe rank them um, in priority to to kind of give people an idea of where they can start. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's rank them. What um, I assume strategy is first. Exactly. Yeah. So strategy would be first. Um, your web design and content are kind of like a, a strong second, um, arguably reputation could start before you get a website. Most businesses, right. You get the website, you get the presence first, and then you can start driving, um, leads through that website and get reviews and things like that. So it's strategy, web design, content, um, reputation, then page speed comes next, right? So the speed of this new site with your new content, um, making sure that before you launch that site, or if you already have a current site, making sure the user experience is great. And you can ascertain that by split testing, like what users 
um, gravitate towards using like hot jar or crazy egg. Uh, and then the last one would be like more of your backlinks, right? Like what are the things that you can do off your website that will really help move the needle up for keywords and rankings and traffic? Wow. So you're, you're putting backlinks last. Yeah. I think that really the, the core, you know, most SEOs would say, wow, you know, backlinks are like the first thing, right. But it really comes down to, um, having a site that reflect reflects the quality of your brand and looking to create an innovative best in class website, having amazing content, having a really clean, easy to use functional user experience, right. You can build backlinks all day. If your content doesn't convert, or if your page time is super slow and it just takes forever to load, right? Like you're actually getting less and less juice out of the fruit. I like to use this, this making orange juice analogy, right? Where most people are thinking about, you know, when they're making orange juice, they're just putting an orange on there, squeezing it out in the machine, right? And they're just getting a couple little drips of juice, right? And so our goal is how do we not only add more leads to the top of the funnel, which is more of a backlinking and off-page strategy, right? Like promoting your website is really important um, after the bones and foundation are laid. And so we want to make sure that as we're putting oranges into this machine, we're not just getting a few drips, a few conversions because our page speed was slow or due to the fact that our user experience wasn't as great as we thought it was initially. Um, these are things that, that basically cause you to have to add more leads to the top of the funnel. So our mantra is, you know, it's not just about adding leads to the top of the funnel. It's about better converting the leads that are coming in, whether that's through SEO or through Facebook or through referrals. And so if you're a small business that's just starting out, you know, you really want to think of, of this order that I'm putting together as, as kind of like the, the Bible, right? Uh, I don't want to get too religious or start to say that I'm, you know, a, a your savior here or anything weird like that. I do want to think of it as like, if you follow these steps, um, you know, you'll see changes in, in the life of your business. And so, um, you know, regardless of what you believe in, like use it as your checklist and, and your, your, your overarching, you know, um, handbook as you're on this journey. And, and typically if you're looking at it from, you know, a strategy, web design, content, user experience, page speed, you know, looking at those things first, um, you have a really strong foundation to lay the rest of, of, of your home out, right. And be able to invite people into that home and have them have a great experience. And so now I know that last June, Google changed some of their algorithms to focus more on user experience. Did you find that that change with page speed and stuff kind of changed the order? You know, we've been focused pretty heavily on page speed. There was there were a couple of algorithm updates. One was that June page speed um, or page quality. Right. right. So page quality is becoming more and more um, of a like leading factor. Um, that said, right, Google's whole job is to promote the best website. So I, I do think that it makes sense. And we have reorganized this, right? Like in the past, it'd be title tags and backlinks if you're doing SEO in 2010, 2012, right? Before Panda. Uh, now it's more about relevancy, searcher task accomplishment, and then how are you laying that content out? Um, so the page speed is, is really interesting uh, because there's some studies out there that show like a site that loads in eight seconds versus a site that loads in four seconds. A site that loads in four seconds can get up to you know 50 100 more conversions and so i really think that most people um underestimate the impact that page speed can have on your brand and and you know user experience and page quality page speed for those of you who don't know is a big determining factor in that it isn't necessarily the end-all be-all uh factor so what we're seeing is that more comprehensive um, content is needed, right? Having innovative ways to present that content and keep it engaging, especially on mobile. 
Um, and then kind of having your, your housekeeping in order, right? Like people are going to perceive the speed of your brand. In some cases, they're going to correlate the speed of your site to the speed of your brand. It's like a first impression, right? So you know, now if you're not- those, those seven that you laid out, I'm just curious, are those as far as conversion or actual traffic? Well, it's both. Um, you know, you want to have that traffic convert, right? So sending backlinks or you know, doing these off-page uh, components is is critical. Don't get confused. Like we need to have these components, right? A lot of this is laying the foundation and in having great search or task accomplishment, great user experience, great design, you're actually not going to start on page, you know, 175 of Google. You might start up a lot higher, which makes that path to ROI a lot quicker. And so a lot of people will just start pumping backlinks or doing a lot of off page and a lot of PR and great things that you need to consider and incorporate into your strategy without having, um, you know, really great page quality. And so when you think of it as, as, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest component. um, Yes, there are certain components like content and page speed and backlinks that are more important um, than others, right? But when you start to look at, you know, what makes, uh, there's only 10 spots, right? For, for first page ranking and the top three spots get the most clicks, right? And then mm-hmm. it kind of goes down from there. So 90% of pages aren't going to be on the first page, 90% of websites, arguably, right? So how, uh, how important is it to be on the first page of Google for important keywords? It's extremely important. Um, you're really not getting as much traffic as you would. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're not on the first page, you're not anywhere. There's an industry joke. It's like, where's the best place to hide a dead body? And people say, well, it's the second page of Google, right? Cause like <laughs> no one goes there. Now I'm a little bit different. We all have different browsing habits. Sometimes I'll go to the second page. If I don't find what I want on the first page, um, Google split tests your content. So, um, it's not a static, like you're on page four. If you make an update to that page, it might put you on page one for a very small percentage of users just to see what happens and if users and find that page engaging or if they hit the back button or whether they fill out a contact form or not things that you know can can give indicators of the quality of the page and what the experience the user is having so if you can think of it as as a um you know it's almost like a form everyone's trying to compete to speak and you know you can raise your hand to make a point and if the crowd really resonates with that you'll be boosted up a little bit more if the crowd didn't really like the content or the experience of the page right now you're you're you know you're kind of in la la land you can go up and down and up and down hey here's a new backlink but like the page experience isn't great and so um you know going back into your question about like well, how important is it to be on the first page like google is always going to send a little bit of traffic when you make an update or change that title tag or add that faq section to a page things like that right you're adding and changing the experience so it reevaluates so um, if you're not on the first page, how often should you be making tweaks to see if um, that will help your organic ranking? Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, I'm from the mantra of, of let's have a controlled experiment, right? So we don't want to make so many changes in, in a manner that is very hard to quantify. Um, you know, the goal is that you're making educated and informed research-based decisions. And so you may see that, you know, your business talks about a specific service, but the people on page one have a lot more um, depth to that content. And so I usually love to start with content. Like how can we, um, you know, have a better experience if your content's lacking, if you feel like your content's great, Mm -hmm. uh, the next step is, you know, what are we doing to split test and, and like, 
where are users dropping off on the page? So are they enjoying the hero, right? Like is if you have a high bounce rate, it might just be your hero image, right? Or, or the, you're above the fold section on mobile, like the content the user first sees. And so you and, can- And for people that don't know, sorry to interrupt, the, the hero image is the, the main image on the page, correct? Correct. Yeah, it's the image at the very top that users, you know, it's kind of like the first impression of your website, if you will. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean that your whole site is in need of, uh, you know, it's in disarray and you need to redo it all. It could be some small actionable tweaks. So I like to look at the content. Is it in the right format, the right order? Are we asking the right questions, talking about, you know, providing the right answers, I should say. Um, and then what are the things, what's the priority content on the page? So like your first impression content. Does it have some keywords in it? Does it have, you know, a great call to action for people that are ready to get started? Maybe okay. they're not ready to get started. So let's pre-qualify them through the re remainder of the funnel. And then using tools like Google Optimize, um, Hotjar, Crazy Egg, they can actually tell you what users are doing on your website and provide you with data to make, you know, more informed adjustments and decisions. So how long are you testing? Because if you're, you know, on or <laughs> organically, you're relying on traffic and you're not getting any. And so you make changes. How long are you testing? I mean, you're not testing based on traffic, apparently. Well, you, you do need to have some level of traffic. So if you're at the point where you're just launching your website, right? That's your honeymoon phase. Google will send some traffic to your site, especially if it's a brand new site. Um, so if you're a small business and you've just launched this great, amazing website and you're not sure what's what's happening on it, you know, I would test for a minimum of you know two weeks if you have a lot of traffic and then... I like to go like a month out, right? So get enough of a sample size so that um, you really know. And sometimes within the first week, you'll know, right? Uh, there can be, uh, there's a statistical probability if you use Google Optimize, which basically allows you to test two different pages, maybe one design of the same content, right? It's just two different designs or two different layouts. And so it might tell you that this one has a 90% probability of being a winner. We had a test like that. Uh, we're after with, with Google seven days. With Google Optimize, does that show you conversions as well? Are you it does. So you have, to, you have to program that in, right? So that's, that's really where you, know, you want to make sure that from the beginning of your campaign, you have the right conversions and goals set up so that you're not you know, missing out on any data and, and being able to really ascertain where the, the, the places and funnels and um, messages that most resonate with users, what you do is you set up some conversion actions in Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager, right? And then you link those events with your, your split test in Google Optimize. So it's, it's actually really simple. If you, have, um, if you don't have events set up, you know, reach out to an agency, reach out to a, a, someone on your team, reach out to a, you know, whoever helps you with your website and, and get some events set up. And then from there, you can just plug them in as a conversion goal. So Google Optimize mm -hmm. will say, what's the goal? Is it a form fill? Is it a phone call? Uh, maybe it's some a purchase or something else, right? You can actually, as long as that goal is set up in Google Analytics, it will test with the um, uh, primary goal being for conversions or for, you could say, time spent on paid. You know, there's a mm -hmm. lot of different ways you could set it up. Um, sure. Now, SEO, it seems to be an industry that's that's prone to con artists. And, and I always like to hear good stories regarding these SEO scams. I, I don't know. It's maybe me slowing down to look at accidents. But do you have any stories about clients that previously were burned by working with a shoddy SEO company before coming to you guys? I do. I've had, you know, the, the most common one is we've been paying these guys for a year and we're barely getting anywhere. Right. And that a lot of that time 
it's, you go in and you see that um, there's just been a lack of innovation, right? A lack of keeping things fresh and testing. It's not that every SEO company is bad. It's just a lot of them are limited in the types of people that they have. And so you really need like a web developer, a content expert, a strategist, someone that builds a backlink, someone that runs the tests, right? So it's, it's interesting that when you see um, clients who haven't gotten those results and they've actually committed to that investment, and unfortunately that investment with that agency didn't pan out or with that, you know, uh, SEO expert quote unquote didn't pan out. Um, it's painful. Right. But it's, it's also amazing to then go in and say, well, you know, looking at this from a 30,000 foot view, here's why we're here and here's how we can, um, get you to the top of the mountain. And so one of the, the, the crazier stories, so that's like a very common story, right. It's just, Hey, I've been paying. It didn't work. And like, you go look at the backlinks or crappy backlinks, or you look at their page, experience and it's slow or it's missing a lot of content or whatever the case may be. And so um, a crazy one that I think you might really enjoy was I had a, a client come on um, with, he is a small business with like seven locations. So he had you know, been around the block for a minute and saw some success and actually got some results. Um, and one day his traffic just dropped off the map, right? It was crazy. Mm-hmm. He, just, he just saw this huge drop and um, wasn't actually getting that like strategy actionable. Here's where we need to go to compete with this algorithm update. It was just kind of like, well, you know, that's how, you know, that's Google for you. So long story short, he was looking at other agencies and he came to us and he said, look, um, you know, I'm just not seeing eye to eye with my guy. Like, yeah, we had some gains. It just doesn't seem like, like, um, you know, the action steps are there to get us to this next, you know, season and next level of growth. And I said, uh-huh. cool. So he signs on. So I said, great. You know, he's like, look, I want to finish 30 days. I said, great. <laughs> Long story short, the guy goes and removes all the backlinks that he built. So oh, no. Um, what the guy was actually doing is using a PBN, which actually we, we uncovered what his strategy was. It wasn't, um, some groundbreaking innovative strategy. It was kind of an older strategy from 2012, 2010, right? Like the earlier days of SEO and somehow it was still working, right? Like he did it in a smart enough way that it worked, but uh, he, he basically removed all those backlinks and um, you know, we had to have that conversation and say, Hey, listen, uh, you know, your guys removed hundreds of backlinks and, you know, here's a strategy that we can do to, to combat this, but like, you might want to pick up the phone and have a conversation. So uh, that was, uh, that was really um, uh, just one of those nightmare stories that you never want to have for a client. I'm a big believer. uh, Did the other agency put them back or no? I don't think that they did truly. Um, There's some silver lining in the sense that, you know, we were able to, reposition a lot of his his links and find other other ways and places to you know combat some of of what was happening we did like a forensic approach that um allowed us to a lot of those links weren't like that great of quality anyways right like mm-hmm. they might have had a high domain rating but they're just pbn links right like private blog networks like basically some people used to just buy old websites right, right, and right, blogs right. and right. you know they don't really add any value they're just basically utilized to mass produce content, uh, to get SEO juice out of it. Right. And so, um, you know, we, we took a different approach. We said, okay, well, why don't we work on your website? Why don't we rebuild uh, a lot of the lost anchor texts and links, um, using some, some untraditional methods that were a bit more aggressive than what this guy was doing. And, 
um, you know, end up working out. It was certainly one of those, those situations though, where it was like, I felt like the guy was being scammed and, and unfortunately, um, you know, it sucks when there, there's a lack of accountability or when you pay for something and then someone goes and because you didn't, you know, I don't want to say the word because, but, you know, some, for some reason there was a, a, a dissatisfaction, you know, you, it's almost like, you know, trying to take something people paid good money for years. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's almost like a, a scorned spouse or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a divorce. Like I'm taking half of this with yeah. me. I was like, Jesus. Hey, um, something else that I'm curious about, are there certain web website platforms that you believe are that perform better than others when it comes to SEO? 100%. Uh, I love Webflow. I think Webflow is a fantastic uh, option. Uh, it's really fast. You don't have to really optimize it for speed as heavily as you would um, like a Magento or a Wix. The ones that I don't like um, are like Wix. Um, Magento about, is good. What about Shopify? That's the uh, hot one for e-commerce. I'm mixed feelings on Shopify. I think there's a component where like Webflow and WordPress, like WooCommerce with WordPress is typically better SEO optimized. That has a lot to do with the speed. Like most Shopify themes inherently start off a bit slower mm -hmm. than, and they're harder to optimize and harder to code in. So they're great at inventory management. They're great at backend usability, user experience for business owners. So that's why a lot of business owners prefer Shopify especially Magento was kind of the older version of Shopify. It's really for more of an enterprise store with thousands of products. Shopify is like up to thousands. And now they have these, these higher tiers of service more aimed at like a Magento offering. Um, I like Shopify for ease of use and management. There's a lot of great apps and things you can add on to Shopify to make it um, better optimized for SEO. Do those, slow, do those slow down though? Does those slow down the, the page speed? The apps itself do. But the apps that I that we use are pretty light. They're not like um, the SEO apps tend to be pretty light. It's your Facebook apps, it's your cart abandonment tools, it's all of these other third-party apps that load resources from other servers, right? So if you have like you know uh, a warranty plan or a payment plan, and that's not native to your store, and it's a, an add-on service, like your checkout's going to next. You're not necessarily going to have a fast checkout. Um, those apps need to communicate with your store, then back with the company that hosts the servers to provide the infrastructure for those apps. So it's all these extra hops, jumps. And it's a great point that you bring up, which is um, one thing that we typically see in Shopify is there's just way too many apps. And we need to try to, um, just like with WordPress, right? Plugins, apps, things that are additional um, to slow the site down. Um, and so, especially if you're an e commerce store, uh, I like WooCommerce and WordPress a lot better just because it's a lot faster typically, unless you, you know, bog it down with apps. So we've actually had some really great results with Shopify. Um, it can just be frustrating when you set up your business with a certain level of continuity with certain apps and features and processes. And then those apps end up slowing down the site. And it's a matter of, well, do we keep this app or do we right. live with a slightly right. slower speed? Right. And those are the types of friction points that, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it can be a challenge. And so just something to consider there. Now you can get all the relevant traffic in the world, whether it's coming from SEO or it's paid traffic, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't convert. Mm -hmm. So when you work with a client, how do you address that? Do you offer advice for conversion? Do you offer services? You had mentioned web uh, Google optimizer, but 
what what are you doing for for the conversion for your clients? Yeah, so you know, a few of the the items you mentioned today's call, right? Google optimizes is one of the tools that we use um, to split test. Um, you know, optimizing certain above the fold content, like getting a higher conversion rate. But the most important thing that I consider is like, do we have the right traffic? So just a lot of places sell traffic and that's great. But to your point, it's only really matters if it converts, right? At the end of the day, it's about the brass tax on what does it cost to acquire our customer? A good mentor of mine, Vinny Fisher, um, is huge on that, right? Is like, no one really knows what the cost is to acquire a customer. We're just you know, maybe uh, gambling or spending money, or maybe we're taking uh, a more pragmatic approach, hopefully, right? Or working with someone to help, you know, get the right data to make the right decisions, as he would say. And what I look at is, you know, what are um, the qual of, like, what's the quality of the traffic? Mm-hmm. And that can be done by keyword targeting. That can be also like, you could have great targeting and perfect keywords that your page just doesn't convert. So it's really d- determining like what out of those two um, different scenarios, like which one is is the more probable uh, culprit of our traffic problem. And so, and how are you identifying that for your clients? Yeah, so we look at bounce rate, pages per session. Obviously, we're looking at conversions. We're looking at a lot of the experience of um, uh, of the page for for when it's a conversion problem on the website. Off the website, um, yeah, we're looking at what are terms that actually have bid up like AdWords traffic, right? So like if you have, uh, let's say you're ranked for this keyword, but like no ads are on it, no one's bidding on it. It may be a lower converting keyword. So that's like one market indicator is like, you should probably go for the more competitive terms, not saying that every term needs to be competitive at that level, right? But if mm-hmm. it has a zero, either it's a brand new term and no one knows about it yet, or it's not a valuable term. So everyone's kind of trying to target the same stuff. So you can also infer from other, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, competitor research tools like SpyFu and SEMrush and Ahrefs that'll tell you like, what are the common buckets of, you know, if you know what your competitors are ranking for and you can see, you know, Nacho Analytics is another one. It can kind of tell you how much traffic a site's getting. You can correlate that to the keywords that it ranks for. Uh, I take a look at Google Search Console and I take a look at the analytics pretty heavily. Most of the time when you see that it's a targeting issue, um, the page has converted in the past. Maybe um, the content converts in other queries or other parts of the site, but you'll typically see a sub one minute time on page. Um, you'll see a very low pages per session. Like people aren't clicking through to the rest of the page or you see a high exit rate, a high bounce rate. Uh-huh. So it's, you know, two kind of, um, qualities are, are either the, the page experience and content is poor or you're targeting junk terms. Like so many SEOs are so like, wrong, I got wrong traffic, wrong, wrong traffic. traffic, right? Whether that's SEO or Facebook or mm-hmm. AdWords, right? Like, you know, we make these, these, oh, well, our business is about this. And, you know, if you're a Facebook person, right? Like you might think, well, you know, we're selling, uh, you know, uh, headbands for tennis players. And you would think that if someone likes tennis, they're going to be interested in this product, but it might not be that simple. Right. Sure. So that's yeah, no the- traffic. It's, it's, it's its own animal for sure. So are there other challenges that you struggle with, with your services for your clients? Uh, challenges would be, um, and we like to treat every client like they're our only client. And that's just the way that I've always scaled the business. Um, you know, we're able to grow to seven figures. And now that we're at seven figures, it's, 
you know, it's only 7% of businesses hit seven figures. So it's it's this celebratory kind of like, you know, not trying to toot horns too much and, and, you know, pat ourselves on the back, but it's like, that was our first challenge is like, how do we um, get to seven figures while making sure that every client, you know, has a um, equal, like best in class Ritz Carlton experience. And now that we're at seven figures, we are trying to scale that. And so it's really more about culture and hiring and finding the people that um, check the right boxes. They might not always have the perfect, you know, skill sets, right? And so training and process, just like most businesses, processes are like the most important component sure. next yeah, to Yeah, no, people. people, your talent's always, um, especially in this day and age, uh, a challenge for sure. Hey, now, personally, are there any business books out there that you can attribute to your success to an entrepreneur and... Yeah, uh, I would uh, I would check out False Profits um, by Vinnie Fisher. Um, it's not the the you know the the amount of cash that brings in. It's like it's not the the bottom line that pays you, right? Um, that was a really interesting book that helped. Um, you know, when you're to me growing a business, you're reinvesting in that business, and uh, there's a time to uh, position it for margin. You always want to focus on margin. And I think as we're scaling up and as we're you know eating our own dog food, so to speak, like we're, we're, you know, doing the same things that we're doing for our clients, for our brand. Um, you know, it's, it's important. I think as business owners look at where they're spending their money, right. It's like, Hey, am I going to go spend 5k on SEO or 2k on SEO or whatever it is, or on Facebook? It's like, it's really knowing where to reclaim that margin. And there's a dozen other books, other mentors of mine, Tony Grebmeyer, he does the be fulfilled journal, which is more of a, um, mindset. Know, a, mindset kind of exercise gratitude approach, right. To, uh, to keep scaling. Um, I loved, um, uh, there was a, an audible book that I started, um, about nonviolent communication that I thought was really fantastic. Um, but there's so many people that have, uh, that have shepherd shepherded me and, and, you know, Jim Rohn stuff is all really great. I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole of different, um, sure, different sure. stuff, but those would be my go-to's. Now let's talk about some more actionable steps. So if you are new to SEO, what is an actionable step that you could take today, right away, that wouldn't cost you more than say 50 bucks? I'll I'll do you one better. We'll do one for free. So the the first thing that I would do, okay, um, is one, make sure you have Google Analytics set up, right? It's going to be your treasure trove of data. So without that, it's hard to make decisions, right? It's hard to know where you're you're flying. once you have Google Analytics set up, whether you, you know you launch your website, you have at least you know a couple of weeks or a month's worth of traffic. If you've been around, uh, you know your site's been around for some time, and it's like, hey, I've been around since the '90s. Great, even better. But let's take a look at the last month or quarter of activity. And what I would suggest or recommend actually is is take a look at your landing pages uh-huh. and take a look at your highest bounce rate pages. Take a look at the lowest dwell time on those pages, unless the content is like a thank you page or it's something that's supposed to be, right, right, right. you know, consumable. Um, write those down. And then go to your pages that have the highest engagement. Your homepage is probably naturally going to be one of them, but there should be some other pages and you should be able to, to predict like what that flow is. So I look at the best performing content and the lowest performing content. I make more of, you know, scale what's working and trim the fat on what's not. So just get rid of any, uh, you know, maybe don't get rid of it. But you don't 
focus on that kind of stuff as much or figure out why people don't like it. Is it the content? Is it something else? But looking at what's doing well and focusing on the positive, I think is, is really great. And then go create five more pieces of content around that. You know, so for, for us, it's like, Hey, we sell SEO. It's like, Hey, what are backlinks? What are, you know, what are tips that I can have, right? Like these are things that people want. Um, and you, you scale more of that and, and go in and ask your sales team, ask if you're the frontline person for your business, like what are the top five questions that you get asked about these products and services? What are the top five objections that people have around these? You know, it's just old school marketing and a new school method, right? It's, it's websites, it's SEO. It's, it's the same stuff from Mad Men, right? It's like, what are, what are the pain points and objections and how do we paint this picture of, of, you know, does the quality, uh, of your product in the, or I should say, does the quality of your website reflect the quality, uh, of your product or service or experience that they would get with you one-on-one directly or with a member of your team? And if it doesn't, you know, let's try to digitize that and then quantify it with what's already working. What are people already gravitating towards? And then just talk a little bit more about that. Now, if you could look into the future, six, 12 months out, what do you see changing in the world of SEO? You know, I see, um, I see links changing. I think, um, I think link building will be a little bit more like digital PR, right? Where you, you have more substance behind your links. There's also, um, more penalization behind like spammy links, which has been a recurring theme. I think that will continue, um, into 2022 through 2025, they'll find better ways to, to find, um, quality links to your site and quality, you know, trustworthy experiences, not ones that violate Google's guidelines. Uh, I also think that search or task accomplishment, um, Google mum is coming out. It's a new algorithm. Um, that's, that's, you know, basically the next iteration of search. I don't think it's going to, you know, change everything, but I do think that Google becomes smarter and understand more about your pages. So it's, it's more and more important to, um, you know, consider your page experience. More importantly, consider the content and the ordering and the presentation of that content. And lastly, I think they'll find better ways. Uh, I'm hopeful that they'll find better ways to, um, uh, I think FCC regulation of reviews and things like that has been talked about. I'm not, you know, uh, maybe this is a little bit of foreshadowing of what what's to come with, you know, people leaving fake reviews, seeing a lot of review spam and just a lot of... Um, uh, deceptive practices that um, you know <laughs> some of our clients have have experienced from people that have you know done fake reviews and there's just not a lot on Google Business that allows you to um, there's like less validation of the review and I think over time that will become increasingly more important and uh, I'm hopeful that um, there's maybe like a review update so that's one of the the areas that get as many good reviews as you can. And uh, stay away from the Fiverr review gigs or whatever the hell people, you know, <laughs> do now. Now, what problems does Peaks Digital Marketing solve for your clients? And how does your agency stand apart from the competition? Yes, we're a little bit different. We're a full fractionalized team. So we're, we're a team of web developers, um, content experts, branding experts, backlink experts, data analysts. Uh, we really think that, you know, just like we talked about today, it's about these seven core areas. You're only as strong as your weakest link. It used to be an SEO, you get a, get away with, with like less work, right? And now it really does require a full fractionalized team. So we understand there's a lot of snake oil out here. Um, we do things a little differently. We, we don't lock in our clients for month to month. So we believe the proof's in the pudding. 
we also believe that you know in order to stay on top of of the latest algorithm updates, you actually have to be innovating and looking ahead of the curve constantly, which has really been um, a, a big component of of the success of our team. Um, you know, we can help you with anything from your web design to your backlinks to your Google business. Uh, we do some paid ads as well, but it's really designed to be a one stop shop um, mm-hmm. for your omni channel marketing efforts. And so, you know, if, I'm a big also believer. Of, we can't help you. Like, if you wanted like some social and you know, you wanted a certain ad that we couldn't do. Uh, we, we have a really awesome network of people that we can connect you with. Um, so if you're looking to rank higher on Google, or if you, you're looking to get an audit of your current website and find, uncover some insights as to, you know, how you can rank a little bit higher, get to page one, start really getting a better click-through rate, better leads or better quality of leads. Um, you know, our team comes in and, and acts as an extension of your team. And um, we like to get you everything you need, nothing you don't, and, and get you in the room with some, some experts that... Um, you know, take a full comprehensive fractionalized approach to your, to your success. And that would in turn gets you is a faster path to ROI, more consistent, uh, stable growth. Um, and it, it allows you to position yourself for that top 10% of websites, which is really what it takes to get on page one. So what do you think that most companies get wrong when looking to hire an agency like yours? I think they get, um, they, they tried to, uh, typically it's two things, either they're not, as invested in their website as they should be. So they're like, well, I had this website built last year and it's like, can't we just polish this up a little bit? We actually have strategies that we can do that, but I think you really have to, um, you know, rely on the experts and, and go, go in sometimes a painful direction that is, you know, one that is going to set you up for future success. Um, so there's times where, you know, you get a website built or you made a decision that ultimately maybe, didn't disempower you from an SEO perspective. Um, uh, that's usually one of the, the bigger problems is like website. So we, sometimes we come in and, you know, do a whole website or sometimes we'll go in and, you know, spruce up their website piece by piece. It's usually some web development is included in our monthly contracts. Um, the other would be they're thinking that they can do it themselves. Um, and there is a level of, uh, you know, we work all the way from small business all the way up to fortune 500 enterprise. So not every business is the same. We do want to support in the ways that are most valuable, but I, I, you know, have clients that just want backlinks and that's great. We can do that. Um, but if you're, you're not focused on those seven areas and you don't have the team to support those other seven areas, um, you know, our goal is to get you the best experience possible, not just sell you into a package. Right. And so I, I think that there is so much disinformation. There's so much changing. There's a lot of people that have great experiences, a lot of bad experiences. And I think being open to, um, you know, trying something new is not always on, on people's like radar. They're like, well, someone else told me to try something new and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's still being open and, and not, you know, uh, so Zach on my team said, you know, there's a certain recency bias, you know, and, and certain things can be, can be tricky. Right. And I think really having the faith and and saying, okay, if we go this direction, we're going to succeed versus let's only do 20% or 30% of it. Right. Is, um, yeah, we want to handle the heavy lifting, but we also want to make sure that, that we're not cutting our nose despite our face and saving, you know, a little bit on uh, a package in order to, um, you know, uh, have a, a more palatable budget when, when in reality, maybe you do need that web developer to mm-hmm. support your current web developer to get those new pages up, or 
you know, so we find that most people don't run in, you know, it's not like a lot of people run into that second problem, but I think that's just a consideration point to make is, is, um, it's tricky. It's kind of like I had an accountant that, um, you know, was a CPA, did a great job on some things, didn't do a great job on other things. And it's difficult to hear someone come in and say, we got to go through your books for mm-hmm. the last year and make sure everything's squeaky clean and get every, you know, or your chart of accounts reorganized to be, you know, a hundred percent version. And so, um, I think that's, uh, you know, having that peace of mind of knowing that you can move forward in a, in a confident manner from that and have a solid foundation really is, um, really is the, the, um, most strategic approach and one that, you know, can save you three to four to five months on your rank, you know, can take some time sure. to rank. So if you, yeah, if you no, have that, it all set that up. makes sense for sure. Now who makes the uh, perfect client? Do you guys specialize in e-commerce professional services? Is there a niche, um, who out there, if they're listening, should definitely get in contact with you. Yeah. So uh, on the local business side, we, we work with a lot of, um, you know, uh, home services companies, architects, builders, interior designers, uh, landscape architects, uh, a lot of health companies. So, um, you know, treatment centers and, and rehabilitation centers and, you know, higher ticket medical services tend to do well and higher ticket professional and, and home services do really well. Um, on the higher end, you know, a lot of uh, SaaS, SaaS as a service. Um, so IT, more of your enterprise kind of uh, uh you know, manage services or, or, um, but what about e-commerce? Do you work with e-commerce? We do work with a lot of e-commerce. So, um, e-commerce on Shopify, e-commerce on Magento, WooCommerce, um, definitely a lot of, of very variation all the way from, uh, one of our clients sells felt tiles for soundproofing, just to make your office look really great all the way up to, you know, welders and Christmas lights and, you know, larger, larger ticket items as well. Um, and the great thing about e-commerce is, you can make some some adjustments across an entire site and see some exponential results. Typically, when um, you know when there are additional opportunities that that are uncovered, you can say, okay, well, let's apply this site wide, and then you see a nice uplift. So, um, yeah, fitness, uh, e-commerce. Um, I would say fitness, e-commerce. Uh, you know, products, services. It's really uh, to our big buckets are e-commerce and and B two B, and then we have like a, a very um, focus B2C group as well. So, um, I don't like to, to say that we do it all, but you know, we do a lot and in multiple industries, um, I I'm probably missing three or four industries that we work in. Um, but we, we really just like to integrate and do an onboarding and, you know, learn the ins and outs of your business. If, if for some reason we don't already work in that industry and, and make sure that it's a great fit before we, we take anyone on. So how can an interested listener learn more about working with you? Yeah, check us out. Uh, the website uh, is peaks, P-E-A-K-S, digitalmarketing.com. I uh, would happy to you know get you an audit with the team or get you on a, a phone call and we can do a free strategy session um, or help you uncover some insights or solve some problems in your business. Uh, follow me uh, in, on Instagram and Facebook, uh, David A. Finberg. I think we have to do a little TikTok now. Uh, according to my social, uh, social team, we're doing some TikToks as well. And there's new... Uh, you know, tips, tricks, strategies, um, not only on social media, but also on the Peaks website blog. So peaksdigitalmarketing.com and then David A. Finberg and uh, look forward to um, being of service or just providing some value. Well, this has been great. Well, thanks for joining us today, David. Andy, I really appreciate this. This was awesome. And uh, thank you so much. 
All right. Well, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding connecting with David or Peaks Digital Marketing, you will find those links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all-new podcast resource center available at www.makeitchclickcount.com. We have compiled all the different past guests by show topic and included each of their contact information in case you would like more information, any of the services I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.